This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Oh, I didn't I didn't get the Thanksgiving on, recovery yes. that you guys are doing. You're you're recovering from Thanksgiving and trying to lose weight? Yes, we are in deep recovery. because um, my Thanksgiving was not one day, it was approximately eight days. Um, so eight full days of Thanksgiving meals can tend to pack them on a little bit. So how much, how much did you pack on? I don't know. I, I, I hid from the scale. I'm, I refused to. How much did you weigh. pack on? Anybody weigh? I was afraid to look, so I didn't because I did. Um, Pretty sure it's eight uh, to three pounds. You're looking at me for I broke even. You always break even. Yeah, I know. What? How did you do? <clears throat> I lost five pounds over night over Thanksgiving. Over Thanksgiving, I lost five pounds. Wow. Nothing makes sense to me anymore. No. My body is just like whatever. <laughs> Carrots gain twenty five pounds. <laughs> Have stuffing and mashed potatoes lose five. What a terrible curse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to spend some time talking to you about about digitizing money. What does that mean? I think we are repeating some some real bad mistakes that you're now seeing happen in Venezuela where they don't even they don't even count the bills anymore. They're actually weighing your paycheck. How much how much does the currency weigh? It's getting to wheelbarrows for a loaf of bread in Venezuela. Yet, hey, their stock market is way up. What happens? And what is happening in India and in uh, Australia and soon in Sweden, where they're taking currency away and everything will be digitized? What does that mean? We go there right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A guy I believe I've been looking for for at least 10 years, um, Chris Martinson. I've been looking for a guy that sees the world in the way that I do, that doesn't buy into the, quite honestly, Harvard Business School or the Wharton School of Business lies that the the bankers are telling themselves right now uh, about what's coming in the economy and, and how do we get out of this mess um, he's from peakprosperity.com. It, we're pl- proud to have him as a, a Glenn Beck contributor now. Last time we talked about the collapse of pensions and getting out of your pension and taking that lump sum if you have that uh, ability. Um, today I want to talk to him a little bit about digitizing uh, currency because this is not being heard in the media anywhere. They're not talking about it. And, you know, two weeks ago when India... All of a sudden, you can't buy anything with cash over the equivalent of $7 in India um, with cash. 
when Australia's Citibank, our Citibank, says they're now going to be introducing branches completely cashless, something is coming our way. And we wanted to get uh, Chris on the phone with us now. Hey, Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, Glenn. Good to be back with you and all your listeners. Thank you. Um, So, Chris, tell me, um, first of all, for anybody who hasn't heard this, it sounds conspiratorial and sounds crazy that we're going to live in a cashless society. Can you give us any evidence that is that shows, no, the world is changing rapidly? Well, you know, this war on cash actually began a while ago with uh, seeing somebody like Andrew Haldane, who is an official at the Bank of England, or Larry Summers here in the United States. Uh, They started with this war talking about uh, how the high-denomination bills are being used by criminals, by terrorists, tax cheats. That's what it was wrapped in, but your listeners need to understand that the war on cash is really rooted in the idea that central banks would love to be able to push you into negative interest rate territory. They feel constrained by the idea that you could take your cash out of a bank and no longer be subject to their policies. And they've been pretty open about it. They've been saying that, but they also use this criminal angle. So that's the same angle that was just used in India by uh, Prime Minister Modi to say, hey, we've got to get rid of these bills because criminals, right? So that's the argument being used, but it's really to control the money of the people. That's really what it's hard, it, hard and, here. May I say, Chris, that it, it appears to me to be almost the angle of being able to steal our money uh, as well. Um, they'll do it legally um, by a, a bail-in as opposed to a bail-out and negative interest rates. Um, when, and, and can you explain negative interest rates and what that means to the average person that has any money in the bank at all? Absolutely. I'd be glad to. It should be an easy concept, but it's hard to really understand. But a negative interest rate means if I put $1,000 in the bank and there was a negative interest rate of 10%, in a year I would have $900 left uh, when, we, when we looked at it. So what happens with a negative interest rate is that you hand your money over to some institution or entity and you get less of it back in the future. That's the idea. And the reason they want to have a negative interest rate is, is if they put interest rates down at zero, the idea is they want everybody spending, borrowing and spending, but some people prefer to save. And those people aren't doing their job of cranking the economy up. So how do you force people to spend who don't want to spend? Well, you punish them. And the way you punish them is with something called a negative interest rate. So you, you could because this is what I would do, I find out that the banks have changed their rules where they can have a bail-in, where we are now the, um, the investor of uh, last in line. You, can you explain that? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Um, if the banks go out, um, instead of going to the federal government, they come to the people who put money in the deposits? Well, sure. It's easy to understand if you under, think of a bank not as a a bank, but it's, it's a company. And when a company goes into receivership, it's entered bankruptcy, it, it no longer, it, its assets are vastly exceeded by its liabilities. Well, you have to break that company up for whatever's left. And there's a chain of a hierarchy of people who are in line to divvy up the spoils of what's left of this broken company. So what you're referring to is that 
most people have this wrong. They think that when they put money in the bank, they have money in a bank account. It's not true. What you've done is you've given an unsecured loan to the bank, and the, your asset is the bank's liability. So in a bankruptcy or if a bank goes into what's called technically a receivership, you're actually at the bottom, almost at the very bottom of the list of people who are in line to receive the spoils of whatever is left of that company because you are an unsecured uh, creditor of the bank. So it is a way for the bank to gamble, really, with your money um, and make these crazy investments that we all know are dangerous. Um, and they get away with it because they say, well, the government is going to pay, the FDIC will pay everybody back, so they'll get their money through the government, and then we can take that money and pay off any of our debts or, or whatever. So when I heard about that, my first instinct is, well, I don't want my money in those risky banks, so I'm going to take my money out. Well, if you do that, then the economy really collapses, so you have to trap the money in the bank. And how do you do that? Especially if they want to have negative interest rates and make sure that you're spending all of your cash. Well, absolutely. For, for a government official or a policy official, the, the thing they dream about most is to have you completely trapped and contained so they can do whatever policies make sense to them at the time. So cash gives you as a private citizen, an outlet, a way of not being in the banking system. But Glenn, you've characterized it just right. So they're saying, first of all, you have to be in the banking system. We're going to move to a cashless society, so you have to have all of your funds within this system. And then we're going to set the rules of the system, which basically come down to heads we win, tails you lose. Banks take big risks. The risks pay off. They pay themselves massive bonuses. Risks don't work out. They don't get paid off. Then they come after your funds. And we've seen this happen already. That's what happened in Cyprus. That's what happened in some of the Greek yeah. banks. We're soon to see it in the Italian banks. It's spreading. It's a concept. It's coming here. All right. It's already happening in Australia. It's already happening in India. It is already happening in uh, Sweden. They're talking about doing it now, seriously moving in that direction. Um, is this just a, a, a fluke that these things are happening or is this wheel now in, in motion, rolling down a hill, and it's not going to stop? Well, really, this started uh, actually probably 15 or 20 years ago. So what's happened is that instead of allowing normal business cycles to happen under the Greenspan Fed, remember that name from way yeah. back, decided, hey, we're going to defeat the business cycle. But what they really did was they blew bubbles, one bubble, then another, then another. And the whole world kind of got addicted to it. And I think the policymakers, they feel trapped, Glenn. They're looking at this saying, how do we possibly deal with all this money we've printed? What do we do? It's binary. It either expands or it collapses at this point. That's, I think, their fear. And 2008 really scared them, got a lot of people in very high places very worried that they were looking at the proverbial light in the tunnel coming at them. So I think this is a, a reaction. I would also almost call it a normal reaction. But people need to be aware that at the same time these people, I think, were legitimately concerned. Wouldn't you know it, by the time all the rules got written, they really were written in favor of the elites, uh, the very yep. powerful, the well-connected, and really at the disadvantage of everybody else. And that's just classic sausage-making in Washington, I think.
So, uh, Chris, we're, we're speaking with Chris Mortensen from uh, peakprosperity.com. Chris, this is Pat Gray. I, I'm just wondering, it, it's, you said it's taken 15 to 20 years to get to this point. Does that mean we still have some time, or what, what would you or consider the timeline? May I suggest that it, 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 we are one 2008 away from this Yeah, is happening. it something that can just start cascading now be, due to some, we, we talk about it all the time, some sort of event? terrorism or whatever, or will this draw out for a while longer? Well, Pat, it's really hard to to, um, make that prediction because what we're talking about here is a complex system. And uh, here's what we know about complex systems. You can't predict what's going to happen or when. It's like a a, a fault line is a complex system. Scientists study them like crazy because we'd love to know when's the next earthquake, how big Mm -hmm. is it going to be, We can't know that, but what we can know is if the earthquake hasn't let go in a while, and it's supposed to, that the chance of the next earthquake happening sooner is higher, and it being larger is also higher. So what's happened since 2008 is we've just piled up the risks. We've just made them larger by peopling over. But what, because of what you're saying, what the government counts on then is that, yeah, we can draw this out a lot longer. And that's what they're hoping for, right? They're, they're just hoping to continue the policies that yeah. they've had, but, which but, led us here. Right. But they're going to just keep going until we are already blamed. We are already 18 months past a point where a natural recession should have happened. Yeah. So now we never really got out of the problem that we had in 2008. We made it much worse. And going into a natural recession is going to cause all, wreak all kinds of havoc mm-hmm. and will if they, they will try to solve it with things that will just make this bubble even more dangerous down the road. Chris, what do we do? What does the average person do? Like, for instance, when I saw Australia um, and India both go within two weeks to basically a cashless society in, in uh, India, um, my first thought was, okay, I want to get gold, and I also want to get... Um, crazy things like possibly bitcoin what what do you what do you recommend what does the average person do well the average person i think needs to get into two things you've just uh, identified which are assets that are outside of this crazy system so listen you know if you're if you're on a a a ship called the titanic and and you see your captain playing slalom with icebergs um get near the lifeboats and in this story real assets are the lifeboats. So I'm counseling people, you know, get out of debt, stay out of debt. If it's non-productive debt, don't, don't do it. Have what's gold, non-productive? Wait, wait, wait what's, what's non-productive debt mean? Like your house? Yeah, like, like you know, buying a $40,000 car, you know, if you can still get to work in a $20,000 car and be happy okay. as, as, as you can be. But uh, anything that, that you're going to take on, it's basically for consumption, right? So okay. rack up the credit card and, and take that nice trip. That's not going to be helpful here. Um, for many people, unfortunately, Glenn, it includes student loans. If you're getting a, a degree that doesn't really have a job attached to it, that may also be nonproductive. So okay. lots of things to think about because what we learned in the 1930s was that when, not if, but when these bubbles blow up, debt is a stone-cold killer. So being out from under that, very helpful if people can get there. And, and what do you do, like assets, that's gold, that's silver, is that land? Is that what? It is. It's land. I, I particularly love productive land. It's either got timber on it. It's farmland. It's good commercial 
properties that happen to have, uh, you know, excellent rental histories, things like that can make a lot of sense. And this is because what's going to happen when these currencies finally give way is there's going to be a big scramble for the exits. There's trillions and trillions of, of dollars floating around that are going to go out and look for real things. And we've been down this path before. The history, we've seen it a bunch of times, and it's happening. I heard you mention it before. It's happening right now in Venezuela. Um, Chris, I would love to have you on uh, next time. I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, because I'd like to build the case on the, you know, uh, Donald Trump is talking about saying to China that they are currency manipulators. Well, I don't know how we have the balls to say that to China. We're the biggest currency manipulator on the planet right now. Um, and it always leads to the same kind of thing, trade barriers, trade wars, currency wars. And if, we could, if you could explain that a little bit, um, because what I'd like to do over the next few episodes with you is get to the point to where people can understand that this currency, what, what, at least what I'm feeling, Chris, and I'd like you to think about this and then we could talk maybe off the air. But what I think we're, we're headed towards is what we went through in the 19 uh, teens, 20s, 30s, and into the 40s, where currencies were devalued, destroyed, um, hyperinflation happened, the gold standard, then that was manipulated, uh, and the whole world shifted uh, during a war that nobody really understood. Wait a minute, the real power shifted with the currencies. And I think that's happening again. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that, and it takes a little while to, to go through all the Explain, parts. Explain, yeah, right. But people so could need you, to understand what those big pieces are so they can decide right. for themselves what to do about it. Okay, so could you, let's, why don't you and I talk off the air here, and maybe next week we could have you and, and do one other segment and, and start to lay those segments out so people really understand what you and I just said and how that's going to work. Fantastic, I'd love to. Okay, Chris Martinson, he is with peakprosperity.com, peakprosperity.com. Chris Martinson, um, he'll join us again, hopefully, uh, next week. Um, You know, just perfect time for for Christmas. (laughs) Just to help bring in the holiday cheer. Oh, yeah, that is the ho-ho-ho break. It really is. is. That's putting the ho-ho-ho in hope. Uh, Now, Simply Safe. Um, Burglars want your stuff. But there's one thing they don't want, and that is to be seen. Simply Safe has a brand new digital Simply Safe uh, Bluetooth camera. It's completely wireless. If it detects something, um, for instance, if there's glass break um, entry in your house, somebody's broken a window, somebody opens a door, somebody opens a window, there's a motion uh, detected, it automatically turns on the Bluetooth camera and records whatever is happening at that point of, uh, of trip. So when it calls the police, turns on the camera first, calls the police, police arrive, it plays for the police exactly what happened. So you don't have to worry about what did the guy look like? Oh no, it had it. Hopefully the guy is gone because Simply Safe also tripped the alarm and the guy went, "Oh crap." And is run away. But now you have his picture. This is a good thing you're trying this to do. This is right? a good thing. Okay. Keep Jeff people like Jeffy from ever crossing your uh, threshold. <laughs> Everything that happens at your home, you can now see with Simply Safe and their new cameras. Check out their new cameras today, simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. What? Two, one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. I am uh, reading a, um, a new book out um, called Currency Wars, and I can't say it's new. It might have been out for a couple of years. Um, Currency Wars. If you are interested at all in what we were just talking about and you want to see the future, um, read about the past. Currency Wars is a book. I don't know who the author is, um, but it's very, very good and worth reading. Currency Wars. Back in just a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. having this conversation about how what do you do where where do you put your your money and most people don't even have money we just talked to chris mortensen martinson um, martinson i mean yeah from uh good friend of yours Pat. is it peak well, property. Property. Well, he's peak thinking prosperity there's yeah. an nfl guy chris he, mortensen that's where right. you, right. you wouldn't be familiar with him no. anyway um, we asked him what normal people do and he said no debt okay uh, it's hard. So hard. Some of us have taken care of most debt in our lives, but some have <laughs> not. Gold and silver is too expensive for more, but for so many people, um, land not, you're no, silver you're, is silver not, isn't silver is silver not. is okay. Yeah, I mean, gold can right. be it can be. Although uh, you know that's you know we've talked about that with gold mine a million times. There's ways to buy yes. it if you want to chip away. Yes. But yeah, yeah, it's not easy. And it's uh, yeah, but, it, but it's. But like you said, it's actually it's not, not if you're for everybody. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's not for not. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you've changed your your mindset on that a little bit lately. But it, it's not for some people. 
Um, then he said land, and especially productive land like timber or farmland, rental property. That's hard. That's another hard one. It's hard. What can the average person do who's just trying to save enough for retirement? You have to think right. on. What are you going to invest? You in? have to think on commodities. Okay, so when when people say this, and this is the this is the problem. When you say commodities, most people immediately think CNBC. Oh, they're talking about oil. They're talking about. Rental properties, pork they're bellies, they're to pork bellies. They're okay. Well, that's what I think. But in your in your life, what is a commodity in your life? Well, in my life, this is my commodity, and that ain't going for very much. In, in the world breaks down. Hey guys, I'll come over to your house and. Give you my opinions. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to hear it. I'm out. No I'm first cares. in the line to be eaten. Right. We I can all tell you a story. Right. So I said to you during the break, one of the things that I'm investing in is I'm going to build a wood shop. Now, I'm not a, I don't, what? I don't have wood shop. Uh, you don't have any skills. I have no skill. Well, no. I, I was going to say I made a table. Now you have made tables before. Yeah. No. This is a this. No. This one. Was one table actual, is great. The the no. dining room table with the carving. He didn't make that. I didn't make that. I I I augmented that. <laughs> what? I augmented. You didn't, I, you didn't make that one. He did not. I thought you made that. I did no. too. I thought that was a great story where you made this no. wonderful thing for your kids. Well, no, that, I did. That me off. No, I did. I made that with he my kids. Grew on it. He yeah. I I carved it. We carved it. I didn't make it. Okay. Okay. That, that kind of ticks me off now. What do you I, mean that I, ticks you off? Because I no, we all we were you misinformed, all lied to. <laughs> you know, pretty no, much. Or okay. perhaps. So anyway, first. I didn't make that table, but I did. I'm trying to find this. I did make. Uh, I did make another table just recently, um, and it's not pretty. But it works, and I realized, wow, I don't have any skill whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I, I had this experience like this uh, in the summer. I, we wanted to get a doghouse, and I was thinking, maybe a little doghouse for our dogs, one. right? And I was just like, I went to the store, and it was like $719 Correct. trillion dollars Correct. for a doghouse. Correct. I was like, this is like, I don't even, I don't need them to be that comfortable. I'm going to put a pillow or something on the bottom of it. I need a few pieces of wood. Is and I was like, I don't know, I'll nail them together. It's going to work, easy. did it? I didn't. I, I got to the store. I was at Home Depot for about a half hour just staring at wood, and then I just went home. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my experience. So I went, and I, because I'm, I'm a shooter, so I go, and I wanted a table that I could shoot at. Okay? Long-range shooter table. So You could shoot at, or you no, rest shoot, your gun on? Yeah, here, yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, so rest your gun on. Yeah, so you could sit down, and oh, you, you made could, that. Yeah, so I made that last summer. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now that is that is, you know, not exactly, um, you know, beautiful. No, but, but it, it took have me, to be to. Be no, it doesn't have to be. Table. So, and I realized I have absolutely no tools. Okay. So, what is a commodity? We're entering a world where disposable will not be disposable anymore. Yeah. To remake reuse repair will be important you're not just going to go you won't have the money just to go and go buy something new can you repair it can you build it can you make it now i can't but my son-in-law happens to be a really good carpenter and so we were we were looking for a a piece of wood to make something um, the other day at my house and we were looking for it and i'm like you know i don't have any tool i don't even have a hammer what? I need. Well, I, I do a, because of my wife, but I, for years I never had a hammer. 
when I got married, she insisted that we had at least one hammer. I have some kind of little tools around the house. For- uh, okay, so. Hammer and uh, screwdriver. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, I have a hammer and a screwdriver. That's, that's it. That's what I have. That's it. Maybe, maybe pliers. Um, yes. But that's it. And our, and our toolbox is filled with, you know, picture hooks and, and mismatched nails and screws that came from putting yep. toys together, you know, 14 Christmases ago. Oh, yeah. Never got put together. Right. Yep. You know, you're just like, I don't know what to do with the rest of this stuff that we bought from Ikea. <laughs> it didn't fit, and the table collapsed within two weeks, probably because of these screws. I'm going to put them here. Just in case the next table collapses. Too. And I happen to need screws that fit an Ikea table. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, we all have that. That is exa- that's my skills. So what is your skill? Now, I have none. I have none. Nobody's going to pay me to come hear my opinion. So what is my skill? I better have one, or at least I have to have the tools that others can say, that I can barter with and say, you know what, you want to use my wood shop? That's great, but could you use that and fix this for me? You know what I mean? What do you have to barter and it could be as simple as food. It could be simple as sewing. Can you repair? There, there's this, um, um, hush, I have to get, um, is, in my dressing room is a box. Could somebody go in and get that box? It's like, I don't know, thread hospital or something. I don't know. It's a little box in a chair. Um, um, I, I have my favorite pair of jeans that I've had for years. And what a surprise the ass blows out. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I hate wow. that when yeah. that happens. Yeah, yeah. What a surprise. Major what news a surprise. Is yeah, breaking in right now yeah. with that one. So they and I was <laughs> devastated. I'm like, I love these pair this pair of jeans. And they're not I mean, you know, they were Ralph Lauren jeans, but I've had them for ten years and I love them. Mm-hmm. And um, I I looked at my son in law who is who also runs seventeen ninety one and he's a fashion guy. And I said, I love these jeans, and I don't want to throw them away. And he's like, don't. Here, uh, bring that up here, Matthew. He said, don't. He said, repair them. And I'm like, oh, no, then I've got a stupid patch on my butt and everything else. Okay, denim therapy. Denimtherapy.com. And he said, no, just give them to me. I'm going to send them to denim therapy. And I said, what's that? And he said, the most amazing thing ever. They reweave... The jean. Wow. Okay? So it doesn't even look like they've been ripped. They're, they reweave them. And it was, I don't even remember what it was, like 30 bucks? Oh, well, that's not it bad. Was, it, was, it was a lot less far than, a, less new pair than of the, jeans. a new pair of jeans. Yeah. And, but that, I'm, I'm not saying you now go to denim therapy, but A, that's a way to save money is we have to start doing what our parents used to do. But my Darning mom, socks and repairing yes, repairing stuff and all that kind of stuff. And your, can you, your wife, your daughters, your son, anybody repair Fortunately, anything? Fortunately, my wife has skills. I'll be killed yes. and eaten. She will stay alive. I'm with you better I'm develop with you them. skills. I'm yeah. with you on You that. better develop you them. No, your, your skill is you're married to her. Yeah, right? that's I, skill. You can I tell you? you I know. Can, I, can I tell you what our skill is? That. Can I tell you what our skill is? has to be for the family. Both Pat and I are in decent amount of pain every day, and we're not healthy. Mm-hmm. Our skill is get healthy. Yeah. Because a diminishing commodity. I'm very good at that skill right now, but I I'm know. trying to develop it. A diminishing, diminishing commodity mm. is healthcare. Yeah. 
and uh, you know you're not going to have the kind of health care well, if this stuff happens. Do you well, know, they're, mean, they're touting they're touting um, uh, the, you are bringing me down right now. They, they've yeah. been touting how how great Fidel Castro is this week. The average doctor in Cuba makes twenty five dollars a month, twenty five bucks a month I had in Cuba. That yeah, and here's the great thing: if you go into the hospital, you have to bring your own sheets, your own towel, I did know that. Um, your I think your own food. Mm. I mean it. Well we've lived it up for a long time on our grandchildren's dimes. That's, that's for the normal people. The party elite, the communist yeah. party elite, go to a really nice place right. that Michael Moore was taken well, to. That's right. Right, right. Or the Cleveland Clinic yes. if they get really sick. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's probably a lot of people in the audience that are, I think, like me, who would listen to this and say to themselves, look, Yes, you're, it would be great in that situation that if society breaks down, I have a wood shop. I mean, sure, that would be great, but society's not going to break down, or it's so unlikely that uh, there's no point in doing these things. That's how I think I used to be, and that would be my general view of these things. Um, so what I like about it is the sort of dual threat stuff. Like you talked about health is a good example, but food is a good example of it. it you, know, we t- you know, we talk about my Patriot Supply as one of our advertisers here. And they do this. You have a food storage. Um, this is something that if society does not break down, you have extra food. If you have a natural disaster or something like that, you have a few days of food if you have to get through a few days. See, if things go really bad. When, when I used to think, because Pat was on food storage, when, when he, was, he was storing wheat. Yes. That, and I remember said to, uh, saying to him, good, I'll come over and we'll have a big bowl of wheat. <laughs> right. You know, what the hell are you, not even flour, wheat. Right. And that was completely absurd. Did you grind it into flour? Right, but yeah, but I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to spend the money, and then if it doesn't happen, it's wasted. My Patriot supply is different because right. I would eat that. It's really good. Yeah, it's just good food. Right. You have so good food. You, know. you, you start you know, 20 years from now, you got five years left, eat the year's worth of food over a five-year period, and it's good. Yeah, so your worst-case scenario is you have extra good food. Uh, the best case scenario, well, you know, the worst case scenario is actually society dissolves and you have a food storage to feed yourself and you have a commodity as you're talking about. But then the best case scenario is you have some extra good food that you can eat whenever you feel like it. Because even if it's not a catastrophic breakdown, even if it's not, look, Weimar Republic, that lasted three years. Yeah, three, uh, you're talking about hyperinflation. Hyperinflation lasted three years. It was scary for three years, but people made it through. And some people had prepared some people had um enough things for instance did you see they just somebody just returned was it a rembrandt or something the families that had art they traded it for their lives later it was just returned because somebody had traded that and said get my family out of here and gave them a painting that today is worth a fortune um that's a commodity but the, you don't. We hear about those stories. We don't hear about the people in Germany who were middle class, who had saved not money, but had seen things coming on the horizon, had maybe lived on a farm, had paid off their debts, had um, food enough that were able to barter with people in the town. Look, I'll grow some food or. I have extra food here. Let me give you some food. Will you give us this? Because we need an extra gallon of gas or whatever it is. It's the idea, the commodity, the only idea of a commodity is what can you trade for? 
What, what, what will somebody, and here's the great thing, and this is why, you know, art is a big commodity. That's why when you see things like what's happening now, art's going for record prices, it's because nobody knows what to do with their money. And so art's going up for $85 million. Well, here's the great thing is, if you had art, now most people don't, but it, think of this in all categories, all the way down to food. When it comes to art and diamonds and things like that, you could be so desperate, that art doesn't mean anything to you anymore. In fact, the world could be so bad that the actual Antichrist could be here and you could be standing next to Jesus and the writing's on the wall. Nothing's going to be worth anything ever again. But somebody in the room will go, are you kidding me? I could get that piece of art for a deal right now. Yeah, I'll trade that for that. People react differently. What is it they will need? And then on top of that is what will people want? What will people think will come back and that's going to be worth a lot of money when we get past this crisis? We should uh, talk to Chris about all those scenarios next time. Uh, you know, how, how do you prepare for all these eventualities? Just a really, really bad recession well, or, I, I really or depression wanna, or a total economic... I, wanna, I want him to, over the next couple of episodes, I want him to break down um, what I, why I think what's coming is coming. Because it will also help you when you see people say, hey, we need trade tariffs and we need this. You'll understand really what that means. When I tell China that, we're, that they're currency um, debasers, what does that mean? And, and what, how will they translate that historically speaking? So that is uh, coming up on the program. And by the way, tonight on the Blaze TV, an absolute don't miss it's the pendulum, part one of the pendulum from the vault tonight. Now, this 2016 is almost over. Get healthy, get happy. Good night's sleep is paramount, and a Casper mattress will do it for you. The better you sleep, the better you'll feel. We love our Casper mattress. Pat loves his. You're going to love yours. With 100 nights, you try it out for a third of the year. I mean, imagine going to a car dealership and having them give you a car for a third of the year. For a third of the year, you try it out. If you don't love it, they'll refund every penny and pick it up. Casper.com. Right now, try it out uh, for 100 nights. Get $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Casper.com. That's Casper.com. Offer code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. It's amazing how we were just uh, we were just talking um, off air about Stu uses what is it Air Taylor Air Taylor yeah you just you know you just basically you communicate through text and then you send uh, if you have clothing that needs to go out how many times how many men have a pair of pants that need to be tailored yeah that, you know that the, the cuff has to be done. And you, they're sitting in your closet forever. Yeah, so you send it in to them, they send it back to you in a package, and it's done. 
You don't have to stop anywhere. You don't have to break up your day. You don't have to deal with people. Pin in your pants. Put one pin in. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great service. It's airtailor.com. Airtailor. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.